You don't have any like weed or anything, do you? Like oh, you know what? I got something in my car. Let me smoke a little weed. It'll be better for the. Yeah. We got you. All, we we got you ready to go, dude. Let's do it. We got we got uh, we got Rockstar. We got uh, we got a little weed going. We got uh, <laughs> chilling in the garage. It feels good, man. It's good to see you. It's been yeah. um, it's been a year probably since I saw you. One of the last times I saw you was definitely the comedy store. You just on stand up on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was fun, dude. You killed that night, dude. I don't know about that, dog. <laughs> it was fun, man. It was so fun. It's hard to be funny when you're supposed to be funny and you're not supposed to have ready material. It's it's scary. It's I mean, it's one of the ultimate tests. It's it's one of those things where. And you, I think I kind of cheated. I think someone said something in the crowd. And did I you roll into like, a bit? Yes, yes. That is that normal? I I tell comics to try to avoid doing that just because. Uh, Basically, it's flexing a muscle. You're using a muscle that you usually don't use if you if you just go in with just trying to extemporaneously create and just like yeah. go all off the top. Yeah. So I try to tell comics, I'm like, try to avoid doing those bits, but it happens, you know. Yeah. Like that. I mean, Joe's done the show so many times where every once in a while he'll he's like, oh yeah, I haven't done that bit in 20 years, but I got set up. He's like, I, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, you, you find yourself in conversations with. Uh, non-comedians and like bits kind of just get brought up like something that you had stored in your brain and then you just you just try to work it out on them you ever do that i try to avoid doing that <laughs> because <laughs> i feel like people know like my wife would definitely know if i'm trying to run a bit on her yeah but like even even friends that are not involved in the industry like I don't really want to be that comic that it feels like I'm yeah. trying to work something out on people. Unless they, they know it's part of the game and they know you're just trying to work it out. And what is comedy really? Comedy is just a funny story. So why not? I mean, if you could tell it on stage, why not tell it to your friends too? I mean, I'll definitely, if I feel something's funny, that's naturally like a story that I'm telling to a friend, I might try to turn on the stand-up Jeremiah and be like, is yeah. there something here? And yeah. then I'll take it to the yeah. stage. Yeah, you know totally, what I mean? Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. My friends who are, are not comedians, uh, most most of my friends, I would say ninety eight percent of my friends are from the jujitsu world. And when after we train, we get together in a van and we smoke, we pack our weed. It's like fucking, it's like uh, Scooby Doo and shit. You know, we're in a van, we're smoking out, and after every class, and we just tell stories. And every now and then, you know, one of my students go, "You should do that one on stage." Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, I, I already did." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just t trying to tighten it up. <laughs> Yo, I'm giving you my tight ten right now. I'm killing with you. Right, I should be. This is a, this is a fleshed out, worked out premise. Yeah, I figure if I if I am gonna tell a story, if I think there's a a story funny enough to tell to my friends, that it's funny enough to tell on stage, right? It's yeah. gonna be the same thing. It's, it's mainly just trying to unlock the same kind of friend setting where you can retell it in a way where the audience is like your friend and yeah. they're on the same wavelength as you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a real comedian. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I consider myself a, like a super part-time comedian. I, you know, before COVID I would go up on stage twice a month, you know, and a real, yeah. a real comedian does like four or five times a week. You know what I mean? That's a real comedian, but I, I did, I teach jujitsu. And that takes up most of my time. So 
I can't be a real comedian and go out there like every night. Well, you're already you know? a professional in a different field. Yeah, I, I got to pay the rent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so man. I, I strictly do comedy just for fun. I don't want, I'm not trying to uh, do anything more than get up in front of 100 people and make them laugh because that is so much goddamn fun. Yeah. It's so much fun it's when it works, when you're not bombing, of course. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people stand-up, being a stand-up is the best job in the world when it's going well. And it's one of the worst jobs you'll ever do if it's going really poorly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the last time, something about Austin, I don't know what it is, but something about Austin, it just doesn't work work for me comedy-wise. I've done two shows out there, and I fucking bombed hard in Austin. When, when Same material that you were doing in L.A.? Uh, I don't or, do you th- or do you think that you were being too edgy or anything like that? Well, I, I kind of know what it is. I kind of figured it out. It, it's um, to get on stage. You know, I'm a stoner and I yeah. smoke weed. And to get on stage high, you have to be fucking a master of comedy. You got to be Joe Rogan level. You got to be Dave Chappelle level. You're going to go on stage stoned. A lot of comedians do. And I smoke weed all the time. And I thought, okay, there's no way I'm not going to be high when I'm on stage. I'll feel like. I feel like I am not performing to my best if I'm not. Oh, yeah. That's how I'd feel. That's how I'd feel. I feel like the weed. Well, un- unless you've been doing it for a crazy amount of time, I can only imagine that it would feel like all of a sudden you put ankle weights on out of nowhere. And now you're like, oh, this is this is way more work than I'm used to. Like everything's probably slowed down. You're a hair behind. That's what I feel like if I haven't been on stage in a long time, uh, then like when I would go, I went probably the longest that I went without doing stand up this year. I still toured during the pandemic. I was a comedian that would go out and still do weekends. Like when none of the other headliners want wanted them, I'm like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, you know, like I'm, I'm down to, to still go out there and try to make money and, and in, still in stay driveways and stuff. And drive-ins. I mean, yeah, I've, yeah. I've done drive-ins. I still, I was one of the few comics who did, um, indoor like comedy clubs though. Like as they were opening back up limited capacity, I did one gig bro and in north carolina for eight people it was and i had to do an hour it was their first comedy show back open since covid had hit nobody knew about it nobody knew that they were open and those were the people who showed up and I, it was like a thursday night and i was like all right i'm gonna i said i'm gonna give you guys the best show that i can that i can give you i don't care about the size of the crowd and they ended up being better than some other crowds that i have that have over 100 people in them Wow. That's, yeah. that's another reason why I consider myself just a, a less than a part-time comic. Cause them, those shows like that, like with eight people and I crumble under those shows. Well, you sink or swim. Yeah. I crumble. But because the thing is like, if it's, it's real easy to do well in like people who know nothing about comedy, they're like, Oh, the more people, the, the harder it is. Like, no, the no, easier it is. The, the easier, for me, easier it is. Totally. Totally. Cause, Cause the laughing is contagious. Yeah. You just get that. You just get that core of women that, that had to drag their husbands out and had to beg them. You never take me out. We never go anywhere. He's like, all right, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go to the comedy club. She finally drags him out. And this guy is just like, fuck, how much are these drinks? And she wants him to have such a good time that she's laughing at shit that's not even the punchline. 
You know those? There's a core. Sure. There's, there's always just a core. Die. And they're just ready to laugh. And they just laugh at, at uh, the way you say something, even if it's not funny. They just want to laugh because they want their husband to have a good time. And they don't want their husband to think it was a waste of time and a waste of money. And now he's never going to take me out if we're not laughing. If they're just both sitting there like this. So there's always these ladies. I've like, never thought laugh. of the psychology behind that. Well, about, you know, you, about the date night. You know what I mean? Well, you know how I got that? What? I used to hang with Joe Rogan every goddamn weekend for years. I was at the comedy store with him. I was just a sidekick, you know? You were just hanging out, watching him go up and stuff before you even started doing stand-up. I did stand-up back then a little tiny bit. Okay. A what, what, like, what kind of rooms were you doing back then? Uh, I did open mic night at the comedy store on Sunday. Okay. So, like, potluck and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, so... who Do you remember who was hosting the potluck when you would go up on no, Sunday nights? No, but I remember a lot of other stuff about that night, but I don't remember who hosted, but this is how it went down. Um... You want to hear how I got into comedy? I mean, sure. You got you have time. You have to. You don't have to go anywhere. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Three hours later, uh, my growing up, I wanted to be famous so goddamn bad. I wanted to be a rock star or a football player. And I'm Mexican, so uh, the you know by the time I got to ninth so grade, so you're Mexican. So are you talking? Football or football? No, I'm talking about American football. Okay, but what I mean I about being check, what about being preface it with with yeah. I'm Mexican, so I was like, all right, yeah, how you. proper is he being? Yeah, thank you for clarifying that because I could see how now people would be lost. But what I mean by uh, I'm Mexican and playing football is that Mexicans can't play American football. Why do you say that? Name one in the NFL. Uh, exactly, Aaron. There's a Sanchez in there. Rogers. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, when you're nine years old and you're in the fifth grade and you're playing peewee football, everybody has helmets, everybody has shoulder pads, everybody's the same size. And when I was nine years old, I was playing middle fucking linebacker and defensive end. Everybody's the same size. So at nine, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a living. I'm going to be a professional football player. Yeah. I'm going to do, I, I don't, you know. And and back then a new league was uh was challenging the NFL. It's called the USFL. Herschel Walker played in the USFL. It was another NFL. I don't know if you remember this, but for like I don't know five or six years there were like fucking competition, and they got Jim Kelly uh, out of college. They got Herschel Walker. He went there first. New Jersey Generals. So this was like basically an an attempt before like an XFL, but before like, but but with. The proper NFL rules and stuff like that. Yes, yes, Just a different and league. big money, and they they snatched like kind of like ABA or something like that, right? Did they snatch top players out of the uh, college? Maybe because it was the USFL yeah. came in strong, and this was in the eighties. They mm -hmm. were snatching the number one draft picks. You know, they were, people were going shit. I'm going to USFL, and anyways, the only reason I bring that up is. At nine, when we're all the same size and I'm playing middle linebacker and defensive end, I was so sure I was going to be in the NFL that when the USFL came up, I remember someone asked me, like, would you ever play for the USFL? And I'm nine, ten years old. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't really matter to me whoever pays me the most. <laughs> that's, that's how confident I was. You're ready. You're ready, dude. <laughs> and then by ninth grade in high school, uh, you know, I stopped growing probably in the sixth grade. I was really slow and I'm small. So and you're small 
You're slow. Yeah, I had good hands though, dog. And you're Mexican. Not, exactly. <laughs> but I had good hands. I could right. do fucking one-handed shit. But I was so slow. And um, <clears throat> the crazy thing is, when I went from fifth grade playing tackle and peewee, and then I went and I was, you know, I decided I'm going to be either a football player or a rock star. And in sixth grade, from sixth, seventh, and eighth, that's middle school. They didn't have tackle football. It was flag football. So it was a little different. So in sixth grade, you tr- and in and in middle school, not only is it flag football, but you have to try out for the team and you get cut. In high school, if you just if you just go out there, if you can make practice, you're on the team. They don't cut people in high school, but in junior high, they cut you, right? And in, in high school, I played one year. It made zero sense, and it was just because I wanted to hang out with bros and just like riff and joke around and stuff. Yeah. I played one year and it was my junior year in high school. Makes zero sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, why would you start football yeah. your junior year? And of course I didn't play, but we went to state that year. So I said, and they I didn't could cut you. That. And no, they didn't cut you. No, I, I dressed out and everything. I and was on the game, sidelines. Then game day, you got your jersey. The girls don't know nothing. They don't know you're a third stringer. Sure. They have no idea. You're, you just got there. The, you're like, I'm on the team. You know, I got my jersey. It's game day. I was terrified one time because uh, we would watch game footage every Saturday at like 7 a.m. right after we had played on Friday or or whatever. And uh, it was an aerial shot of the field. And there was a shot of me looking around and I had grabbed nachos from somebody who who a friend who had brought them up to me. And I was sweating, just terrified that the coach was going to see that and just humiliate me in front of everybody. But one of the other coaches had pulled me aside and he's like, hey, man, just don't eat nachos like during the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I was like, "Uh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Sorry, man. He's like, I know you're not playing, but this looks really bad. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, totally. Sorry. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So so fifth grade uh, tackle. Sixth grade flag football. It's weird. It's, it's be, you would think fifth grade would yeah. be. But anyways, so I was so sure I was going to play football. And then in sixth grade, people started separating. You know what I mean? The slow were being exposed and the, the, the short. And anyways, so in sixth grade, I tried out for the flag football team in my junior high school. And I didn't make it. I got cut. So in my head, in my head, I was like, Fuck that flag football shit. I play tackle. Wait till I get to ninth grade and I'll show these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? I play tackle. I don't play this flag football pussy shit. So that's how I rationalized it, you know? Sure. And, and at, at that, at that uh, junior high, that was sixth grade, I had a lot of problems in more, more than football. Just like a lot of problems where I'm a, a Mexican kid in a, a half Mexican, half black uh, junior high and, w- and what part of uh, San- Santa Ana, California, Santa Ana. That's okay. where they put all the Mexicans. So my junior high elementary school was great. You didn't have to claim gangs or nothing. My elementary school was all, all <laughs> I Mexican. Hope, I hope not, yeah. bro. Elementary yeah, it school. It was cool. Everyone, we played dodgeball, dude. <laughs> if you're having to claim. Yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. the blood over there, homie. <laughs> but sixth grade. Now you're going into junior high. Now you don't have to gang bang, but you better represent somebody, and you got you got to dress like showing you, allegiance already. You got to in sixth grade. Really? So are you gonna are you gonna, are you gonna claim? See, I'm from Kansas, so this is blowing my mind. Some oh stuff. no! Well, we were. I, were, I grew up in a. It was it was a Mexican city. It's like East. It's the East LA of Orange County. Okay. Because when the white people left LA, like in the in the '60s, and they they went they fled to Orange County because there was too many Mexicans in LA, they forgot. 
that the Mexicans clean all their shit. So they're like, fuck, what do we do now? We're out here in fucking El Toro and Laguna Niguel, and we don't got any fucking Mexicans. So they, they just, they got together. It's like a little Illuminati conference in Orange County. They go, what do we do? Let's, let's just make Santa Ana a city where we bring all the Mexicans to clean our shit. So that's what they did. And that's where I was raised. And, and, and you know, my, my grandfather had 10 kids and he cut grass and did construction to raise 10 kids. And, and uh, my mom was one of his kids. She had a couple, uh, two sons and a daughter. And then, you know, we, we grew up poor as fuck, you know? And now, but the crazy thing is in my neighborhood, we were all Mexican and, and all the kids just hung out on the street, no internet, no phones, no nothing. You only interacted with people. That's that when you, you played saw. outside until the sun yeah, went down. Exactly. And yeah. that's, so the sun went down. We, we were outside till way beyond that shit. We had, we had a glow, <laughs> we had a glow in the dark basketball that we would shoot. It didn't make any sense really, but like you'd still try to get yeah. it in and it was still fun. Totally. Totally. So my block, we were, it was all Mexican families were one at a time. The, the father of each household beat the shit out of his wife and left. So after a few years, it was just a bunch of single moms and all the kids on the streets. And we would make fun of each other's moms, like dates or boyfriends that would pull up in their fucking You'd shitty be roasting cars. Them as they like, came up the car. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause all the kids are just hanging out and you're going to come over and bang one of the moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you get grilled by the neighborhood kids. We were wild kids, man wild kids but the one hey, thing mister. <laughs> the one the one thing we all had in common is we were all mexican kids who weren't gang bangers we were all into rock all of us because for some reason on that block we were on sixth street in santa Ana, six in bristol in santa Ana, all mexican but all the kids were into rush please kiss van halen all classic rock ted nugent the pretenders we were into oingo boingo even you know and I, Dude, I love some Boingo Boingo. Dead and, Man's Party every oh, Halloween. Let's do this. Yeah, totally. So, so we grew up. We grew up like liking rock. And my stepdad, who's who's an asshole, he was, you know, stepdad, bull, another Mexican dude, another, white dude, st- what is he? no Mexican stepdad. But now, all the all the all the dudes who came to that was to no white people the, there. There's no white people. There was in no Santa white Anna. people. Really, no white people. Not in. Not a, if you saw a white person, was it like, what's going on here? There are white people in Santa Ana, but they won't claim it's Santa Ana because the northern, there's like a part of Santa Ana that leaks into Tustin and Orange. That Tustin and Orange, that's where a lot of white, that's where all the white people are, Orange, Tustin. Um, and, but technically, there's that good neighborhood leaks into Santa Ana. So there's a couple good neighborhoods in Santa Ana where white people live. But they won't claim it. They'll tell everybody they live in Tustin. They just won't let anybody look at their mail. You know what I mean? Because you don't want to tell people you live in Santa Ana. <laughs> That's like telling people you live in East LA. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, so the, the junior high I went to, it was all Mexican and black. And you had to gain, you have to claim some kind of gang, either middle side, F Troop, Del High. Or what's, what's F Troop? That's a gang. But like, the, what do you know what it stands for? F Troop, dog. I don't know. There was a TV show called F Troop. There's, Dude, I know Goof Troop. That's where I come from in Kansas. <laughs> or you could claim Middleside. So 
when you went to when you went to so junior high, F Troop. Okay. You, you you dressed like a cholo, like my brother dressed like a cholo, but he was all into Van Halen. But he didn't want to get harassed, and, and he was down to fight. He was you know a, a tough kid. He he beat up some cholos before. But you go to school, you don't want to, you just want to, even like, to, I guess to get girls too, it helps because the girls are dressing like cholas, the guys are dressing like cholos on your folder. You write middle side or F troop, you know what I mean? But I didn't want to do that. I'm in the sixth grade and I'm like, fuck that. I was yeah. back then. If you were into classic rock, you wore like surfer clothes, like ocean Pacific or lightning bolt. That was kind of metal. It's like Jeff Spicoli from fast times at Ridgemont high. Sure. You know, he was like a surfer type dude, but that was like metal and and rock together. So that that's how I, I'd go to, you know, I, I lived in Santa Ana, but I'd jump on the bus with my friends at 12 and 13 and 14. We get on the bus and go to Newport Beach. So we we're always at, in Newport Beach. There's a number of white people there. But um, so we were like into uh, like surfing. I didn't surf. I boogie board, but we were into boogie boarding. We were into the, like the surf, like rock and and in, in sixth grade. The, the the kids didn't like that shit there. They didn't, they didn't like the fact that they're like, man, you Mexican, why are you trying to be white? You know, you just, just, I got, because, I got harassed. just because you won't claim gang affiliation. I got, I got harassed here and there. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they just, they beat me up or anything. How old but, were you when you got in your first fight? Ooh, shit. <sighs> was it probably, do, do you remember, was it from like those no, kids was, egging you on or what no, did, no, was it? I got, um, I got in fights in Little League. I played uh, Little League baseball. It was terrible. But uh, some kid got me in a headlock on the floor and I couldn't get out. Um, I deserved it, though. He, I was talking a lot of shit. He had a plastic glove. So he, we're got you, talking he got you in a headlock? Talk about an origin story for jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Your first fight totally, ever? Totally, being in a headlock? Totally. Being like, oh, I'll show them oh, something. I deserved it. I was being so... I was the oldest kid on my Little League team. Like because of my birthday i was allowed to play another year and, and i sucked i led the league in strikeouts i was terrible at little league it was just something to do you know and i was terrible but the coach was like damn he could play another year so they tried to get me to play another year i'm like i'm done go just play another year we'll make you captain of the team i'm like but i suck but they just thought they're trying to bribe you they're like they just thought because i we talked, got dipping dots with your name on it if you sign this contract i talked a lot of shit back then so they thought they confused that with leadership skills or something. Yeah, they yeah. thought I would be a good leader, even though because you were alpha, you're a kid who was alpha, right? Uh, I talked a lot of shit, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. know. And they said they convinced me. They go, "We'll make you captain of the team." I'm like, "But I'm terrible. I'm t I led the league in strikeouts and shit." But I went ahead and did it, and I didn't want to be there. And they talked me into it, and I'm old, slightly older than you know than these kids, and a couple kids I was a lot older than, and. The, the the shittiest player on the team. I was fourteen. These kids were like six. I was like, listen, one more year. You, you ever watch Bad News Bears? Yeah, yeah. Bad News Bears. There was like a dick on the team. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like a dick because I didn't want to be there. I hated. I, I hated striking out in front of everybody. And uh, even though none of my family went to go see me, I that, that's the sad part. But <laughs> but uh, I I didn't like playing baseball. I sucked at it, and so I became a dick, and I took it out on the worst player of the t on the team. His name was Raphael and he played right field. That's where you play, put the worst player right field. And yeah. A little action goes to right. Field. And not only was he the worst player, but he was like even poorer than me. And he had a, a plastic glove. He bought his glove at a liquor store and it was like, 
plastic. It was like, this is the worst club. So we'd make fun of him. And <laughs> one kid was so poor, he just had a koozie out there. <laughs> <laughs> and one day after practice, I was just talking so much shit. And he exploded. And he just fucking grabbed my neck and got me in a headlock and put me on the fucking grass. And he didn't punch me or anything, but I could not get my head out. And I was begging and pleading for him to let me go, let me go, let me go. I'm sorry, let me go. And he was just, he freaked out. And it was just, he had me on the ground, totally under control. I'm like, ah. And he finally let go and I fucking quit. <laughs> that was my last baseball that game. That was the last I drop? was humiliated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned a big lesson though. I'll never forget that. I've told that story many times and I always think about, I always think about that. I was like, man, I learned my lesson. I think I was 11 or 12 to uh, not be such a fucking prick, you know, and like calm the fuck down. Someone's going to punch the shit out of you if you keep talking. Has, has Raphael ever tried to reach out to you Never. over the years? No, no, <laughs> no. But anyway, so sixth grade had a lot of trouble. Um, that had girl trouble too in sixth grade. So it was, it was like, I'm, I'm Mexican, but they would think people were, were mad at me for not claiming a gang and for what kind of girl troubles are you having in sixth grade? I had, okay, again, I'm Mexican, so that means it's not uncommon that your grandma and your mom are having kids at the, around the same time. Sure. So I have two aunts that are like my sisters. They're my same, they're my age. They're like a couple years older than me. Okay. And they, they were in junior high in eighth grade, and I was in sixth grade. So when I came in as like a freshman in junior high, they were like the popular uh, 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 the girls in, in uh, my junior high. And um, so they had a lot of girls that were that wanted to be their friends in seventh grade. So the seventh graders were looking up to them, and you're like Aunt Jasmine, and I'm sixth can you grade, hook me and up go, or something. And they're like, "Oh, look at look at Alice and Patty's nephew. Oh my God, sixth grade." So a seventh grader had a crush on me, yeah. and I'm in sixth grade. And seven, I don't know if you remember this about junior high, but yeah, seventh any grade kind of girls, age gap. seventh grade girls do not mess with sixth grade boys. They, they don't. No. They go up One to year apart is they go, huge. They go up a year. Yeah. They don't go down to a sixth yeah. grader. But this girl, her name was Sabrina. She was Filipino. And uh, she she uh, liked me. And I was like, oh my God, a seventh grader. Fuck, I'm a stud. And that made dudes even hate me more. Like, look at this dude. He got a seventh grader and he's, he's a wannabe white boy. He's, you know what I mean? Fuck this dude. They wanted to fuck me up. So I end up breaking up with this seventh grader to go out with a sixth grader. Her name was Margaret. And that seventh grader, Sabrina, fucking couldn't believe it. Her ego was crushed. She couldn't believe but it. But you I, traded out a seventh grader. For a sixth grader. For a sixth grader. You're like, you're old news now, girl. You so so she, got, she got dudes to, uh, she gave the green light dudes to fuck me up. So they took me behind the PE building and they were going to fuck me up. It was about 10 guys. They're going to fuck me up. And I just started crying. I just, I'm pretty good at crying my way out of shit. I'm a big pussy. Just because I know jujitsu doesn't mean like I'm a bad motherfucker. I'm a big pussy. I cried my way out of uh, tickets and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I cry a lot. The so, officer's like, all right. So they, they together. It's, it's just a $65 speeding ticket. No, yeah. I'll waive it. It's fine. Yeah. So I get cut from the football team and uh, now I, everybody hates me and now I, I, I'm in love with the sixth grader, but now every, now I'm going to get my ass kicked over it. I'm behind the PE building. They're about to jump me. They're about to kick my ass. And um, I'll never forget, uh, like, you Mexican, man. You Mexican. You acting white. And uh, I just started crying. I just fucking just bawling and they left me alone. 
the crime saved my ass. That's a good self-defense. You know what I mean? There should be schools. Tough guys out there, if you're ever in trouble or if you're a weak guy, just start crying and see if... Now, have you ever gotten your, your butt kicked while crying? No. Maybe. There's got to be a dude with a story out there that's like, I, try, I tried what they told me. And they still kicked my ass. <laughs> so I cried, they left me alone. But then I decided at that point, I can't come back to the school next year. I, gotta, okay. I heard about the school in that good part of Santa Ana, right by the white people. There was a junior high out there. And I had an aunt that lived in that district. So I was going to use my Aunt Terry's address. I had to figure it out. I go, I sure. got to get out of this fucking school. You know what I mean? I'll go, I'll go over there, start fresh. Yeah. Seventh grade, start fresh is a Willard Intermediate. So did all the paperwork, got over there. And I went from being like almost too popular in sixth grade to being the total loser, outcast. loner outcast because everybody made their friends and their clicks in the sixth grade now i'm new in seventh grade i have no clicks no friends How, there's a it's it's a uh, junior high that's m mostly white and the mexicans there and the blacks that were there they were all white bread so if you were mexican and you went to willard you were like totally whitewashed you know and you came from money so it was a it was a back then it was a nice intermediate school that I transferred myself into, but now I'm the biggest loner out there. And that hurts probably just as much as getting beat up because there's nothing worse. There's no, why maybe, maybe even worse, honestly, because at least people are showing you attention it would, when you're getting beat up. Yeah. So, so where you get exposed at is recess and lunch during class. No one knows shit. You're at your fucking desk. You can't hang out with nobody. You're just doing your work. I feel at peace during class but i dreaded recess and lunch oh my god they made everybody go outside and they locked all the doors in the school so you had to spend recess and lunch outside in the cafeteria area it was like an outside thing bunch of benches and shit and they'll let you in if you got to go to the bathroom and there's like a monitor and he lets you and you go to the bathroom you come out then they let another person in boom I would go to the bathroom and just sit in the stall and just kill as much time as possible, just pretending I'm taking a long shit every day. That's what I used to do when I used to work at Starbucks. I used to take the longest <laughs> dumps in there, just sitting there on my phone. I'm just taking like, the shit, dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? What are I would, you gonna do? I, I would drink like a, a, a Trenta of milk every day, yeah. so it would give me indigestion. So I knew I would, have, like clockwork, have diarrhea. It was great. The problem is, I I didn't have the personality to go up to clicks and try to make friends. You know, I just didn't have, so I just sat there by myself, but I did have one friend. There was a guy named Lee Mays that I knew from first grade. And Lee Mays was a rocker, he had long hair, and he looked like fucking, he could be in a band, and it was seventh grade, and he already had long hair. I was just starting to grow my hair up, my hair was like, and he already had long hair and he had shades. He looked like a rock star in seventh grade. Total uh, yeah, straight F student, you know? But like, man, I know Lee, so, and he barely went to class. He barely went to school. So every day I would check after first or second period, there'd be a list of all the people that were absent. And I'd always look for his name. I'm like, fuck, he's not here. God damn it. He missed again. So then I'd have to eat my lunch alone and just feel like a loser. Everybody's with their clicks, having fun. And I'm just sitting there eating alone going, fuck, man, this is, this really hurts. I'm being humiliated here. I'm by myself. Did have, you ever go up to no any friends. of the other tables and, and no, try to sit there? I didn't have the you balls to. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have the balls. 
I was, I, it, dude, it, you feel like a piece of shit when you're by yourself and everyone, all the kids are with their friends. You just, just having one person is good enough. So when Lee was there, I'm like, oh my God, it was like, it was a good day. Today is a good day. I'd be chilling. We'd be eating our sandwiches, talking about bullshit. Not even talk. As long as he was just sitting there and I'm like leaning over and it looks like I have a friend, I was cool. Right. But when he missed class, God damn it. And then this is what happened to Lee. He fucked it all up. Every junior high has one girl who developed quickly, who got double D's at seventh grade. And in my school, there was only one. Her name was Angel. And every guy wanted to date her. She had big double D's. And then there was, and then there's, and then there's, yeah. And there's two other girls that have C's and then everybody else in junior high, they don't have tits yet. Everybody else, boom. But Angel, she had, gigantic ones everybody was into she has straight f's yeah yeah so um the the oh so check this out before i get into the angel story this this is with with lee mays this is that's the story but now i'm in seventh grade and i now i try it and it's still flag football but now it's you know with white people right so now i'm like i'm gonna make this shit so i tried out uh for seventh grade flag football at the new school and they cut me right away. But I couldn't tell my friends back at the na- neighborhood because I was the only one that went to the school. I, I was the only one that transferred to the school. All my other friends, they still went to the other school. Yeah. So they didn't know anything about what was going on in this school. There's no internet. There's no Twitter. So I had to tell them that I made the team second string quarterback, but because I got in a fight, they cut me. They had to kick me off the team. Oh. So that was the story I told that I actually made the team. Didn't want to get too crazy and say I, I was starting quarterback. I said I made the team as the second string quarterback. I told all my friends back at the neighborhood, everybody, my family and everybody. I told them I was too ashamed like because I'm always talking shit that I'm going to be a football player and I'm going to, I got cut again. Yeah, you got cut again. It doesn't again. make any sense. How, how are you going to be in the NFL if you and, can't? And <laughs> different schools too. <laughs> totally, you know what I mean? Totally. You're just going down the list yeah. of the district. All right, what, where can I play? Yeah, I thought I was going to fuck these white people up. I was like, I'm going to make the fucking team fuck these white people. I'm going to make it. And turns out they were faster. <laughs> like what? What's going on <laughs> These here? white people can afford Gatorade. <laughs> they can afford lessons it's crazy and and i tried out in vans so i'm running the 40 yard dash they're timing you yeah 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 i was just at least you got that i didn't have cleats i didn't have cleats yeah so i didn't so anyway so man now i'm the ultimate loner got cut again from football and now um there's a there's a guy named the star the most popular guy in the school his name is donovan mauga half white, half Samoan. So totally, you know, comes from, I wouldn't say it was like had, his parents had a lot of money, but they weren't poor Mexicans. Their, his, um, uh, his dad was Samoan, successful Samoan, and his mom was white. And he was the captain of the football team, just like straight A's, yoked already in seventh grade, yoked the fastest guy, second fastest guy, uh, on the football team, Royal Wilbon, black guy, he was he was faster than anybody. He was just insane. He was he was a star too. They were both the stars, Donovan Mauga and Royal Wilbon. And Donovan Mauga, in sixth grade, while I was at the other school, he was going out with a, tier, a cheerleader named Nicole Anaya. 
Mexican chick, but totally white bread. Her parents didn't even speak Spanish. She was so, she was Mexican, but so white at the same time. Cheerleader and beautiful. That was his girlfriend in the sixth grade, Nicole and I. Then he broke up with her and now he's going after Angel, Angel uh, Bade, it was her name. And um, he's courting her. He's like, he's all into her. But Lee Mays is also making moves on Angel. And he looks like a little rock star. He's ready to go. And he's going after Angel. Mm -hmm. Donovan fucking finds out. And right in front of me, this is how much of a pussy I am. Right in front of me, Donovan comes up to me and Lee Mays are sitting there at lunch. And he comes up to Lee Mays and he beats the shit out of him right in front of me. He actually, actually mounts him. I'll never forget that. I remember I didn't know what a mount position was. Like I, I didn't do jujitsu back then. I was like, dude, he was sitting on his chest and just fucking him up and raining down punches. And I'm sitting there and the, all the kids are around, everybody's screaming. I'm like, oh my God, the, the baddest motherfucker in school is beating up my only friend right in front of me because of Angel. He beat the hell. And I'm like, fuck, what the fuck? So after he... Uh, when the dust settled and uh, after school, he had his shades on and you could, t you could see the cuts all around his eyes. He really got beat up. Like Donovan was like yoked. He was like a grown man already. Yeah. And he beat the shit. I don't know if you're familiar with Samoans, but they're pretty strong. Uh, yeah. You know, what I'm about? you know, the rock, you know, yeah, exactly. I've heard of them. Exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I remember after school, he's telling me, he's like, you, you could tell he's crying to like little tears and shit are coming out. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, this is the last day I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm going to transfer. My mom's going to transfer me to another school. After that there, fight? There, because everybody saw it? He got in trouble. He's transferring himself out of the school. He's leaving the school. I, I don't remember the exact details, yeah. but he's telling me he's not going to that school no more. And I was all like, I wasn't thinking about his eyes or anything, but all I was thinking about, oh shit. My only friend is leaving. Yeah. And I'm going to be alone up in this motherfucker. Fans of this show over the age of 21, I want to tell you about Yo Kratom, the home of the $60 kilo. How much $60 for what a full kilo? That's right. If you're currently a fan of Kratom, you can be getting it from my newest sponsor, Yo Kratom, for just $60 a kilo. If you aren't a fan of Kratom, well, then ignore this ad. The fact that Yo Kratom has high quality Kratom for just 60 bucks as a kilo has no relevance to your life. I like that. But if you are a fan of Kratom, then it's time to stop overpaying or having to go to the corner stores or gas stations. One more time, thank you to Yo Kratom for supporting this show. And if you're into Kratom, Yo Kratom is the one place where you can get $60 kilos. These guys are one of the biggest Kratom wholesalers, and they are created uh, where you can check them out at YoKratom.com so that you can buy directly at incredible prices. Last time, YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. Now, now, let's put a pin in that for a second because you're you're all alone. Now your friend's moving away. I have I have a couple things that are planned for you, and I want to and I, I want to work them in through this story. Okay. If you're cool with that, all Go right. Now the first thing you sent me a couple of your favorite bands. Okay. And uh, I want to do uh, I want to sing this song with you. I want to do a little duet. <clears throat> you said you're not a big karaoke guy, but you will do like on on screen lyrics of of songs. Okay. So I figured we could do a, a duet of this. Uh, you said The Cure was one of your favorite bands. Yes, yes. And this is one of their hit songs. All right. Just Like Heaven. Right. <clears throat> oh, shit. Show me. 
So this uh, is like the cure unplugged. You yo, know? yo. Show me, show me, show me how you do that trick. The one that makes me scream, she said. The one that makes me laugh, she said. Threw her arms around my neck. Show me how you do it. And I promise you, I promise that I'll run away with you. I'll run away with you. I kissed her face, I kissed her head Dreamed of all the different I had to make a glow Why are you so far away? She said, why won't you ever know Love with you Then I'm in love with you Oh, beautiful Soft and lonely, you lost and lonely, you strangers, angels dancing in the deepest oceans, twisting in the water, you're just like a dream. And only you, a lost and lonely you, a stranger's angel dancing in the deepest oceans, twisting in the water. You're just like a dream. You're just like a dream. Yo, yo, <laughs> yo, 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 just yo. like how. Yo, just like heaven, dog. That was a little musical interlude, dog. Nice. That was nice. I did not expect that. I would have had some uh, warm tea and lemon. Um, I brought my guitar. You could jam a little bit if you want. You have your guitar? Want to jam a little bit? Dude, yeah. Oh, wait, you got a guitar. Is that tuned in E? Yeah. Um, just standard here, tuning. Let me, let me go. I need to grab some shit anyway. So this song was the first song I wrote that wasn't about Corona. Great, I love it. It's about um, uh, a guy I knew and uh, me and my girlfriend at the time had to sit him down and talk about his hygiene. Because right. he would stink like right out of the shower, he would stink. He would take a shower and walk right out of the shower and he would, he'd be stinking. Yeah. So it was like an it's a, it's a song about an intervention that I had with a, one of my real good friends and I had to finally sit him down and- And tell him, hey bro. Because, and because I was getting pressure from my girl. My girl was like, we gotta fucking tell him. So that's what this song's about. It's called <clears throat> Deodorant, okay? And this is the world debut. Of deodorant. Are we recording this? Yeah. Is it being recorded? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Avoid gatherings, but if you can, please stand six feet above. You know I love you, dog. Don't want to piss you off, but you won't smell like you just cut. 
about COVID. Nobody wants to bone ya. Cause you smell like shit. This ain't about the road, no. This ain't about COVID. Stop using bad vagina for deodorant. Until you wash your ass a little bit better Cause you'll be alone together Until you wash your ass a little bit better Avoid gathering but if you can't, please stand six feet apart. You know I love you, dog. Don't want to piss you off. But you always smell like you just cut a big old That was incredible. I'm so glad that you brought your guitar. I'm <laughs> so glad you brought Thank your guitar. You. I appreciate that. That was awesome, dude. I didn't even know you play guitar. I barely play guitar, dude. I mean, I'm, honestly, we're probably, uh, you're probably even better than me at guitar, honestly. It, so, it sounds playing, great. I'm just playing simple ass chords. That's what I do too, man. I'm just trying to get a little got, bit better. I got, I got a song about um, uh, a coyote. I would love to hear that. It's a, You know what a coyote is, right? <laughs> The animal, no. or the drug, like the drug. <laughs> Coyotes coyote smuggles <laughs> children into the states. I would love to hear this song. You want to hear it? Yeah, of course I would. It's 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 uh, about a coyote. It's called El Coyote. El Coyote. One, two, three, four. Fuck the wall. Let those Mexicans.
Stevens. Mexicans in. Let those Mexicans in. Little bridge right here, little. Yo soy el coyote. Soy el coyote. Yo soy el coyote. Yo soy el coyote. Yo soy el coyote. Yo soy el coyote. Mexicans yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you do these amazing performances and then you're like, that's it. That's all we got. I want to do this quick segment with you. It's called okay. Fanning Out. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. TMAC21 on Instagram says, what kind of drugs have you done while doing jujitsu? Just pot. Just pot? Nothing like psychedelic or anything like that? Mm, never. I haven't. I know a lot of people that have, that have done mushrooms. Could have, did, they, did they fight well? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Unless you do a whole shitload. Yeah. So more like microdosing kind of stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but I... I would I, think that'd be I, so freaky, man. Yeah, I like, I like to smoke weed. I like, you know, I like to... You know, sip a little alcohol every now and then, but mm -hmm. I'm not really into like you know doing crazy shit. Yeah, I'm not that mushrooms are crazy. It's just I. But when you're fighting, I mean, yeah. that'd be crazy to me. I don't know. Yeah, no, I would, I, it could be for sure, especially if you're a rookie. Yeah, yeah, I'm a total rookie. <laughs> I know nothing. No, about mushrooms. I didn't. I didn't mean about yeah, both fighting. <laughs> I know nothing about mushrooms. I know nothing about fighting. Is there any? Is there anything that like? Obviously, you're, you know, you've been doing jujitsu and mixed martial arts for a very long time. Is there anything that you would teach me in an entry level class that you could show me? All right. So, so first of all, I don't know what I'm doing stand, standing up. So my stand up sucks. Uh, not just my comedy, but also my martial arts stand-up sucks. So this is a comedy show, so it's going to be funny watching me teach some kind of a stand-up technique, just so that you guys know. Okay, so basically, I'm... Here, put this down real quick. Yeah. You know how to do a rear naked choke? You know how to wrap around, you know how to choke me? This, right here? You go, you're going to wrap this arm around my neck, and yeah. then put this hand on your bicep? Put that on your bicep. On my bicep. Yeah, and then this behind here. Behind and then here. Keep your, keep your head like right here. Like, like that. Boom. Mm -hmm. And then now, now you want to squeeze everything together. Squeeze there. Like that. That's a rear naked choke. So do it, do it on your own now. So if you can get someone's back and you go boom, boom, and then you secure, because I'm gonna try to pull this off. Right. So you gotta grab your bicep quick. Like this. And then and then hide this bone. So now I can't get in there and pull it off. Okay. Now I'm gonna get choked and then I tap out. Right. Is there any way to get out of this? Yeah, there's a bunch of ways, but uh, this is pretty. 
once it's in locked, and, it's if, in you, locked. If, when, and if it was in this deep and around my neck, yeah. and you knew what you were doing, yeah. it's probably done. So what, would you, is, what would you do? You, you'd want, if, you were, if you had my back, okay. you got, let go, let yeah. go. If you had my back, as this was coming in, we would stop it. We would, I, right. it would be hard to get that cinched up. Oh, right, right, yeah, right, that's, right. That takes, even though you go like that, but to someone who's trained, they're going to stop that right. right away. So it's a, it becomes a game just being on someone's back in jiu-jitsu. Okay. You're on someone's back. And it could take five minutes to get that choke, or they escape. So, but to people that don't know any martial arts, it's, it's easy. They go right. quick. It's like there's no. And most people on the streets. So you're gonna you're gonna go around his neck with this. Go boom, boom. Ah, that's all it is. Boom. Around his neck. Around his neck. Boom. boom. That's it. So if I'm trying to get your back and I want that, yeah. I can do like if you had your gun. Now grab your gun. Okay, okay. So again, hey. again, I suck at stand up. This is just this is for, this is a comedy. Uh, uh, self-defense technique, all right? So Give me all your money! I would get shot, but in a fantasy world, I would arm drag you here, uh -huh. boom, uh -huh. and then bam, we're right here. Oh, see? Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. And then, do you take me, do you choke me out and I fall to the ground? You fall to the ground, you go to sleep, and you take a piss in your pants. Okay, let's, let's act that out. Okay, so now I got this. Okay. Right? So now I'm here, you're gonna want to uh, grab here. Grab like this. Like that, and then pull me that way. Boom, do that. Now wrap your left arm around my neck. And then boom. This. And then what now? What now? Finish it. And then I finish it. There you go. I do this. Okay. There you go. Boom. Like that. That's it. And I bring you to the ground. So do it again. So yeah. now I'm here. Okay. So I'm here, right? Yeah. So you, you're going to probably die anyways, but yeah. boom, we're going to grab this here. Boom. Pull me. And then bam. Bam. And then. That's it. And then down. Yeah, you just collapse. You're gonna to want to put your leg hooks like around into my legs, so that you're so you're stuck on my back. I want you off my back, but if you use your legs and they're called leg hooks, you're gonna go like this over the top, boom, and into them, and then you dig into them, and then that secures. Then over. Yeah, it's not looking good. Okay. It's not looking good. All right. <laughs> this has been Jeremiah and Eddie. Don't try that ever. School. Of not even at home. Don't ever, don't ever try it. If you're up for it, we might have to do a part two down the line okay. because okay. because uh, I, I we're we're kind of at a uh, a precipice in, in the show right now where we we left that cliffhanger of you in high school, and I want to finish that, and I know that we don't have time to. Okay, so we we left off at. You're all Lee alone. Mays just got his ass kicked. He I'm all alone now. He gets kicked out of school or gets transferred out, and now I'm all alone. So we're, we're, there's a lot more to the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll do a part two. <laughs> we'll do a part two for sure. Uh, so, okay. This question comes from... All right. This question comes from LP 91 Can you beat Brendan Schaub in a Brazilian jiu-jitsu match? Probably not. He's too big. Too big? Yeah, he's a very big guy. Okay. Yeah. If he was, if he was, if one, similar if he was 180, class? I might be able to tap him. But you know, I think he's like 270 or something right now. He's, he's big just too, now. Yeah. He's, he's big. That's boy. too much for me to handle. Yeah, that would be now. Okay, just for fun, lightning round. I'm gonna name a list of comedians, and you tell me if you can beat them in a fight. Ugh. Any style goes though, to their advantage or your disadvantage. So you got to keep that in, in, in mind. All right. Okay. Bobby Lee. He'll fuck me up. Bobby Lee will? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. What, what do you think he's going to do? 
Some kind of kung fu. <laughs> there you go. Andrew Santino. Uh, he'll probably fuck me up. Uh, my money's on you for that one. I don't know, man. I don't know. What, what, what do you see about Santino that you're like, I think maybe he might mess me up? Uh, he looks like someone that could be in Game of Thrones and shit. You know what I mean? He's like uh, some Irish, you know, Scottish. Yeah. Probably has some like. I look some... like one of the people from Game of Thrones, but one of the inbred kids. <laughs> you look like, uh, like, uh, like a prince that yes. is an asshole. Yes. And he's a fucking you're a dick. Yes. Yes. Excuse me, Squire. Yeah. Like, what was it? What was the the dickhead's name from Game of Thrones? The one that oh, ended up dying. Yeah, he was a kid, and they ended up. He was like just Joffrey, King Joffrey. Joffrey. You're you're King like Joffrey's Joffrey. cousin. Get out from of some my other presence. kingdom, Eddie. Get out of here. With I your... can see you coming in. Like they're just like they have you on one of those like they're the slaves hold like the carriage, and you're just <laughs> yes, yes. I could see you with the, right with, the with a little prince crown or sure. king crown. For sure. sure, I could see that. <laughs> uh, Whitney Cummings. She fucked me up. What would she do? Ooh. Can we say that on air? You can say whatever. Yeah. She'll probably um, mount me. Okay. And just dominate me from the top. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon? He'd probably fuck me up. Yep. He'd probably fuck me up. What would he do to you? Ah, man. He'd make me laugh to death. I love that dude. Uh, dude he's, he's, like, he's hard he's not like, to love, man. He's like top three, one of my top three best comics out there right now. I agree with you. Yeah, I love that dude. I don't think many people disagree with that. Uh, Jeff Ross, he is a black belt in karate. Did you know that? Yes. What do you think? <sighs> karate is pretty deadly. Uh, I'm going to go with Jeff Ross. I think you're being very humble. No, Jeff Ross knows karate. He's a black belt. You don't fuck with that shit. Mark Norman. I don't know who that is. Comedy. Brian Redband. Brian Redband. Fuck. He's already fucked me up. He's beat me up a couple times on the road. <laughs> I was drunk what, though. I was drunk. What did, what but he did, did, what did me Redband up. do? He just fucking kicked me. Sh shin kicked me in the thigh, and I just crumbled. Rogan. He's, Rogan. I'll fuck him up. Oh no! I'm kidding. <laughs> No, nah. Rogan seriously will fuck me up. Like that's not even a joke. All the other ones, I was trying to be funny, but Rogan will fuck me up for sure. That guy hits harder than anybody I fucking ever met. His and kicks are insane. Yeah, insane. insane, insane. He kicks so hard. One kick from Joe Rogan and you're done. Luis J. Gomez. I don't know who that is, but he's Mexican, so he probably has a knife. And <laughs> you're not far off. Okay. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. I don't even know him. He he's gonna fight um uh, in Ellis Mania coming up. He's What's a comedian that? who's uh, Jason Ellis. Do you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. okay. He's gonna fight Jason Ellis, and okay, he's going up against Jason Ellis. Oh shit. Okay, so he's a real fighter. Uh, he thinks he is. Oh, okay. Okay. I, 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 I don't even know who he is. I got in a slap box match with him, and and I won. So I'm just to give you okay. an example. You're a bad motherfucker, then. I mean, I do have. I some was gonna reach. beat you up, dude, but you know what? Now that you told me that, I'd probably just keep it to myself. Thanks, man. You're going to yeah. beat me up at the end of this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, but I won't no more. <laughs> You're like, this dude made me sing. This dude <laughs> made me do all these things. Um, That's a big misconception with, with people that do jujitsu that we like, like to fight. The only the weird thing, this ironic thing, the only people that do jujitsu, the only people that can do jujitsu generally, for the most part, are people that, that don't want to fight. 
Because mm. if you're a tough guy and you just, you know, you try to intimidate people, and you're an asshole and you're a tough guy, but you really don't have any martial arts training. You're just a tough guy. Maybe you lift a lot of weights or whatever. And then you try to do jujitsu, you're going to lose the game a lot. You're going to tap out and you're, yeah. you, by tapping out, you're losing a game of death and tough guys with big egos. They don't want to go through that fire where they're always losing a game. It's like starting a, a video game and you just started whatever Minecraft or whatever the fuck those shooter games are, uh, Call of Duty. At first you're going to get killed easy, right? Mm -hmm. Can you imagine if, if every time like when you start a Call of Duty and you'd get killed, like dudes are just fucking you up and you got so uh, uh, hurt by it emotionally that you couldn't play anymore? That's, that's how most people look at jujitsu. Instead of looking at like you would at Call of Duty, like, oh, I suck right now. I just got to practice. I just got to practice. I suck. I'm getting killed. I just got to practice. But, but generally, uh, douchebags, they don't want to walk through that fire. They don't want to learn. So what ends up happening is you just ha end up having a bunch of nerds doing jujitsu, getting really good at strangling human beings, and they don't even want to fight. And Eddie, I appreciate you breaking it down in Call of Duty terms because you saw my body frame. And you're like, this dude knows Call of Duty. I, I gotta, I gotta make him understand somehow. <laughs> Do you play Call of Duty? I didn't play Call of Duty. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so when you were saying that, I was like, man, this guy's hitting the nail on the head right yeah. now. <laughs> I try perfect. to uh, make it so that you can relate to the my point. No, I get it. I, that's that's a sign of a good teacher. I can tell you've been teaching a long time. You, you I do that all the time, he, though, by the way. He, he Terminator scanned me. He looked at my body. He's like, all right, dense bone structure, little. Okay, I usually use an analogy like that when, when people are new at jiu-jitsu, but they have a, a, a gymnastics background or a capoeira background. Now I, and then I, or like a, I'm very flexible. I'm very flexible. Okay. Can, can you can put your legs kicks? behind your head? Pretty close. Okay. I mean, do you want, I, mean, I can try. Try to put your legs behind your head. Oh shit! You can okay. You're really fun. You'd be good at jujitsu, man. You sh you'd be really good. Yeah. Any anybody that practices would be really good, but I got, I got, but you have an advantage because you're also, flexible. I got really just like like really just long ass legs. Long, yeah, yeah, long ass legs. Oh, you'd be yeah, good. Daddy long legs, totally. dude. The longer the longer. That's what the ladies the limbs... used to call me back in high school. Daddy long legs, dude. Okay. Okay. But on the real, long limbs you, you'd though? be you'd be good at jujitsu. You should do it. Really? You're gonna have a baby, man. You you want to be able to fucking protect your baby you know do it for your family i mean when you put it that way yeah and with all this bullshit going on with the riots and shit like that now more than ever you need to know how to strangle the motherfucker well you scientifically taught me, you taught me how to rear naked joke so there you go you're halfway there i'm halfway there <laughs> you got the flexibility you know how to do a rear naked choke you're ready to go you're gonna have a baby got a wife dude. i'm sold yeah i'm sold i'm starting jujitsu guys it's happening that's it um this one uh comes from let's see here oh this is a this is a suggestion at rhymes against humanity the scene is eddie is the chief scientist at area 51 and you are an alien so i'm an alien and you are a chief scientist at area 51 and we act that out and see where that goes oh shit you're an alien so you're an alien. So to help, to aid with this, there's a couple wigs that you can choose from, and there's some glasses if, if you want to become full scientist right now. But aliens don't talk. So I've got to do all the talking? Well, I'm going to telepathically communicate Or maybe with aliens you. do talk. Maybe, maybe they, they know do. every language. I think that in this scenario, they know every single language. Okay. And you're a scientist. Okay. 
And then there's a couple wigs underneath that table right there that you can choose from. Okay. Get in full scientist mode. Wig! Hello there. Well, do you have a question for me? Why are you keeping me prisoner here in Area 51? I got a favor that I have to ask you. You have a favor? What is your favor, Earthling? Okay, I'm gonna have. Uh, I'm gonna need you to call your buddies from uh, your solar system, and um, you guys are gonna need to invade the United States, the White House, because we were gonna try a fake alien invasion, but we just don't have the technology yet. We don't have the hologram, so I'm gonna need you to get your buddies uh, to attack the White House. Why do we need to attack the White House? We need, it's the only way to get people to embrace the New World Order. What is this New World Order you are speaking of? We want, uh, we want us at the Illuminati, we want to uh, control everybody and con consolidate all the countries, eliminate all constitutions, and just make one world government, just, you know, a, like a slave plane. I am not a fan of slaves. You're a slave right now, dog. Why are you calling me dog when you are a scientist? It's slang. It's, 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 Do you feel like you are relating to me in my alien language by calling me dog? Yes, exactly. Exactly. By calling you dog, it's a term of endearment. Then I feel more comfortable around you, and then I will maybe consider attacking this White House. Okay. Are there any other questions? See? Is that them? I am sending people oh, right away. Awesome, thank you, I appreciate that. Before oh, I go, God. and before the attack on the White House, do you have any last questions or anything that you've wanted to know about my kind for as long as you have lived on this Earth? Yes. Uh, I don't have any questions, I went blank. <laughs> I must go, goodbye. <laughs> Oh man, sorry about that one. No, it was great. Uh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have any material there, dude. You caught me off guard. No, I, I like. I, I had like, to go full New World Order. I like the idea of uh, of of a, of a scientist who's who's dedicated his entire life to to researching aliens, and then when he finally gets to the moment where he he can ask whatever he wants, he's like, uh, I'm I'm blanking," <laughs> and then the end is like, "Goodbye, <laughs> I must go now." <laughs> Uh, all right, we're going to close this out with uh, a listener favor, a viewer favor. It's called Sax Talk. Oh, Sax Talk. This is a, a shortened version of the first time I ever had sex. Um, long time ago, I was going out with a, a girl who, because uh, we were teenagers, we would just dry hump. We would make out and dry hump. And um, I never took it any further than that because uh, I would nut in my fucking pants. And, uh, and she would too. We both, and we were good. We never even got to taking off our pants. And um, that just became routine. I'd go over her house. Her parents weren't home. We would just make out and just like grind on each other. We were just like dry hump. And then one day she said, I think it's time we, we have sex. And I'm like, what? 
why <laughs> well, i'm cool with the dry humping and she just wanted to take the next step and she told me how to get a condom i'm like oh my god <laughs> So I stole the condoms because I would be too embarrassed to buy them. You know, I was a teenager and uh, I made sure that I would only have to do this once. So I took a box of the, the Aqua Trojans, box of 36. <laughs> and... uh you know, um, I didn't know how to have sex. I had no idea. We didn't have, uh, you know, you porn or porn hub back then. This was in the eighties and, uh, I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I was terrified. I was scared to death, but she wanted to do it. She kept pushing. I'm like, Oh shit. Okay, here we go. And my brother was four years older and he and all my friends didn't think I told them I wasn't a virgin because it's the last thing you want to be as a virgin. So you just, you have to make up one story where you had sex and so that you're not a virgin. So there was this one girl that I made out with or I kissed once. Her name was Sue. And I told everybody that I actually had sex with her. And my brother didn't believe me because my brother was four years older. I mean, he actually was sexually active. And, but deep down, he didn't believe me. So it was showtime. She got under the blankets in her room. I got on top of her, put the condom on. And I thought the hole was like at the top where the clit was. So I'm on, on top of her in between her legs, trying to put it in like in her clit. And she's like, no, that's not it. That's not it. I looked out the window to make sure her parents weren't home. And I didn't, I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I go, you know what? Let me go lower. And maybe it's down there. And she goes, no, that's not it. And I, then I started, it started going real low. And I thought, no way, it's by the butthole. So I turned around, turned around, went back up. And then I tried to just put it right into, like, on the top where her clit's at. And she's like, no, 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 that's not it. I'm like, shit. And then I tried to jam it in one more time. And I nodded. And I panicked. I didn't want to tell her that I came. So I said, oh my God, your dad's home. So we, she freaks out. We get up. We get dressed. I, I go out to uh, the living room. MTV's on. And I'm just sitting there. And she comes out. She said, no, false alarm. He's not here. Let's, let's go back in. And I thought, I was like, I'm done. But I didn't want to tell her. So I'm like, I have a bad feeling about this. Let's just wait. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, I'm having... I have a bad feeling about this. Let's just wait. She's like, what the fuck is going on? So half an hour, 45 minutes passes. And I said, okay, let's try it again. So, and I asked her, I'm like, damn, should I, should I actually ask her where her hole is? Do I, am I or am I going to try to figure it out again? <laughs> I felt like if I asked her, she's going to tell my friends that I don't know how to have sex. I was worried. I was scared. So I did ask her, I said, you got to help me. So she, she put it in and it was, I was way off. Like, what? That's right by your butthole. What? And, um, I ejaculated instantly as soon as I put her in, boom. And, um, man, I was really, really concerned with how close her 
v- vagina was to her butthole. That freaked me out. I thought she was deformed. And I thought I, I, thought I was going to have to break up with her. So I'm like, there's no way I'm going to like have a girl with her pussy hole right next to her butthole. So I got on my bike, drove home, crying and shit because I was going to have to break up with her. There's no way I was going to I was going to stay with her. And I told I told my brother about it and he said, what the fuck happened? I go, dude, her pussy's right next to her butthole, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And he said, all pussies are next to buttholes because I thought you had sex before. I'm like, I did because, dude, they're all next to their buttholes. So I didn't have to break up with her. We ended up going out a few more years. She was, uh, you know, my first love. And it ended up uh, a beautiful time in my uh, youth. That's all I got, dog. <laughs> that was literally perfect. Oh, shit. Okay. That was perfect, man. That's, okay. exa- that's exactly what I was looking for. Okay, cool. Yeah. That was my first time. That was his first time. I love it. That was great. I mean, hey, I was close. I was. I went low. I was close, but then I'm like, no way. I better turn around. There's no way it's this low. I should have kept going lower. My wife still helps me, man. <laughs> dude, thanks so much for doing the pod. Hey, we do. We gotta do part, a part two. two because, yeah. like, left. I had some stuff planned that 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 I wanted to get in, but I want to get back to your story because I love I love how detailed you are. Honestly, I don't know if I can recall my high school and grade school years as descriptive as you can. It's kind of fascinating. If it was as traumatic as mine, you'd remember. Wow. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'll look forward to the part two. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.